What's up, listener world? Welcome back to Conspiracy Say What. I'm Allie. I'm Cameron. That's Cameron. And I'm Allie. And this week, we're talking about the Snallygaster. Yeah, so we've been gone for about two weeks. No, we haven't. Took a break. We got abducted. Was it a week? It was two weeks, a week, two weeks. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy late Thanksgiving, late giving. Uh, Anyway, so we're coming back to talk about a little creature known as the Snallygaster. I think it's anything but little. It is a dragon-like beast described as being half reptile and half bird, and every now and then has tentacles coming out of its mouth, though that came from a slightly suspect uh, news article from 1909. So we'll see. No, oh, it came from multiple places. How that works. Well, it started in the news article, is the thing. I mean, it's just like most cryptids, really, where there's like 20 different descriptions of this stupid thing, but generally it's a giant dragon like winged creature that flies over Maryland, is where it originated. Yeah. It supposedly lives in the caves of South Mountain. Uh, if you don't know where South Mountain is, that seems fair because. <laughs> When I typed in South Mountain, Phoenix came up, and then when I typed in South Mountain, not Phoenix, other places came up, not Maryland. Why did you say not Phoenix? Why did you just say Maryland? Because I didn't originally know where it was, because what I originally read was that it was in West Virginia. But it is not in West Virginia, though it is close to West Virginia. Yeah, some things just call it like the the winged beast of the Northeast. Yeah. The beast of the Northeast. Where it lives is actually on a border of a couple states. It's it's close enough, but it is mostly within Maryland. Anyway, it lives in caves. Now, the caves of South Mountain are kind of interesting. Uh, We'll talk about it because there's really only one cave that's known in South Mountain. There's like not, in, in Maryland? Yes. There's only one cave. I didn't look it up. Maryland has one cave. And that's <laughs> Maryland it. has one cave in the whole that's state. That's literally true. I guess it is like the size that of is, a fucking button. Yeah, that's the that's literally true. There's only one cave. There's one. I don't so believe you. <laughs> that's where well, you can choose to believe me. It has one the cave government. and there's a giant fucking cryptid in it. That's, I mean, I assume that's what they're saying. I assume they're saying that there is another entrance to a giant cavern and that's where it lives. But the only cave we know of is a visitor's <laughs> cave and it's it's not big enough to hold a half rat, reptile, half bird. But we'll talk about it. Uh, um, anyway, this this goes back to the 1700s. Um, the, the monster is said to swoop down from the sky and steal farm animals and children from unsuspecting farm folk. That's the original. Um, Weirdly specific targets. Yeah. Farm animals or children. So it started really as like a German folklore kind of thing. Um, it was originally called the Schnellergeist. Just called a Schnellergeist. Which a is... Schnellergeist. So it was called a Schnellergeist. <laughs> Which means quick spirit in German, which is where the word snallygaster derived from, which really just sounds like some bastardized American word. So there were German immigrants that originally settled in what would become Frederick County in the 1730s-ish. 
Their descriptions of the Snallygaster mix like the half bird thing with the with like demons and ghouls and stuff. So it's kind of just like a giant demon bird. If you're looking at German mythology. Um, but it's not really very surprising that this comes from European folklore because that is just full of dragons. Yeah, it's also not far off from the folklore of the indigenous people of the area. Uh, there are already quite a few, not necessarily directly next to South Mountain, but there are already quite a few other types of creatures. There was like a water snake that had feet as well. That was like this giant water snake with feet. And then there was another one that was like a winged creature that had like a demon-y type of face oh, that yeah. would fly around. So there are multiple... Wait. Did the water thing have legs or just feet? Well, it had legs. <laughs> I'm saying it had feet. But uh, yeah, it. so there are multiple creatures all around the area that kind of have a similar feel. So it's not that out there for what was already in the folklore of the area. And also Thunderbirds. Also Thunderbirds, though. I don't know, I don't know if Thunderbirds stretch that far Yeah, up. I know. I, I, I was just thinking that I read something that said that, like, the behavior of, like, snatching children and destroying crops and shit was similar to what the Thunderbird used to do, I guess. But I, I don't feel like I've ever heard of a Thunderbird that's part of the Northeast culture. I don't know if they are or not. I don't know enough about But, yeah, I didn't really look that much into it. But uh, this thing specifically, like we said, it's half reptile, half bird, kind of dragon-like, said to have a me metallic-like beak lined with razor-sharp teeth, kind of like a uh, like Mechagodzilla version of a giant goose. That's basically <laughs> oh my God. what this is. Why did you say that? <laughs> uh, sometimes it's described as having octopus-like tentacles. There, I... That description is still very suspect. It's not... It's very Lovecraftian. It's not... I like that one personally the best. The, the, I like it the best. However, it doesn't go with the majority of what is what the creature is about. The tentacles are not the like mainstay look of the I don't creature. Know, it kind of works. If it's snatching cattle, I mean, you don't really have to get that close to the ground if you have tentacles that you can pick them up with. I'm not saying it doesn't work for the creature. I'm saying it's not something that is part of the original folklore. It came from the 1900s. It didn't come before that. So it's not part of the original folklore. It did eventually come out in the 1900s that there was a creature similar that had tentacles. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, but basically the earliest reports were just that it sucked the blood of its victims because what's scarier in the 1700s than a blood sucking metallic bird? Uh, you mean metallic demon goose? They were all about their blood-sucking things back then. Everything that was evil was blood-sucking. Yeah, is it kind of evolved? Um, descriptions also said it had a giant eye in the middle of its head. Yeah. Which I think goes with the tentacle version. It does. And then um, every story describes it as having some kind of horrible screech. Um, the ones from the 1900s say it sounds like a train whistle. Yes. Um which is pretty horrible. Like a locomotive whistle, specifically. Is what yeah. And um, other things where it's been close enough for people to, like, smell it. They say it smells like a horrible sulfuric smell. But yeah, you can really just kind of pick any of those things and mush them together and you get a snallygaster. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's a, it's a cryptid. That's kind of a thing with cryptids, especially things that are more widespread. You get like 47 different descriptions of the same supposed creature. And also, I think it's funny because this area, like West Virginia specifically, has so many insane cryptid sightings, including Mothman. The most famous winged creature of them all. I mean, maybe this is just a mis... mis... what's the word? Misidentified Mothman. Yeah. Peep our second episode if you want to hear more. Man, that was our second episode. That was our second episode. This is episode 43. We've done a lot. 40 episodes later, we're talking about his brother. Anyway, Anyway, let's uh, (laughs) let's talk about some sightings. Like we said, it showed up in the 1700s. Now, the problem here is that most of the record is oral tradition. So it's been passed down through the different settlements, but it wasn't ever really written down. Not that we can find anyway, which... It wouldn't be surprising to not be able to find something that German settlers wrote down in the 1700s. Yeah, monster stories from the 1700s. I'm sure most of what they wrote down back then is probably gone, unfortunately, because we lose more of history than we keep. But it came back in 1909 in Middletown, Maryland, which is right around the correct area. And it was... In an article specifically by the Valley Register, which claimed that a man had been seized by a winged creature and had sunk its teeth into his jugular, draining the blood before dropping the body off on a hillside. Just, just swoop. <laughs> and I want to point out that I did read like one of those little children's books, like the nonfiction ones that are like 10 pages. And it said that whole thing in there. Mm. It killed a man by draining him of his blood and dropping the body off of a hillside. And I was like, oh, children, this is a children's know. book. Children have to know the dangers of dragon geese. <laughs> that's you. You need to know that. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a little bit terrifying, especially in 1909. You can't just go Google like, did this actually happen? You can't go look up your local police report. You have to trust your news. That was all you could trust. So people kind of freaked out. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of, um, what's the word? Ballooned. Yeah, ballooned, steamrolled. Yeah. You know, it turned into a whole craze where it became very widespread. Yes. And like, we can start with the Maryland sightings. There's quite a few in the area. Yeah. Um, This is just, it's one of those cases, it's similar to like an alien type of thing where you'll see like an abduction happen in a town and then suddenly everyone's abducted. Everyone (laughs) and their hamster has been abducted by aliens and they've seen them and they've got the hamster on the news and he's got a mic in front of him and he's not (laughs) talking and everyone's mad and then the men in black come and they take away your hamster. What? The wheel's just spinning when you get back. Damn, make a short film. (laughs) Anyway, there's more sightings in Maryland. Yes. Um, I'm sure even more of them were even, like, written down or recorded by the newspaper or whatever. Yeah. Um, Remember, if you see something, say something. If you see a giant fucking dragon with tentacles and, like, a Lovecraftian monster flying over your town, tell the paper. Yeah, don't be like the local people were back then, what it looks like. At least I didn't know them personally uh, in 1909. But don't be like them where they see like a giant dragon creature and they're like, just another day on the farm. What? That's, I feel like that's what people did. They would see things like this they and they like, wouldn't oh, tell anybody. They're like, oh my lord, I need to tell my son. How do they talk in Maryland? 
Is it more like Boston or? If you're from Maryland, let What's us know. Or is it more like um like the the middle the Middle East? Like not the, the Middle, middle Ages. <laughs> not the Middle East. <laughs> Ye old knights and stuff like that. Oh. Anyway, there was a man. There was a man. Uh, who operated a brick-burning kiln near Cumberland. He saw this thing near the kiln sleeping, and when it woke up, it emitted a blood-curdling scream and angrily flew away. Yes. So there's your sightings of the screeching. Um, These things where people see it on the ground, I want to know, like, how big it is. You know, because they say it's huge, and then, like, it can hide behind a kiln. Yeah, he said near the kiln. Sleeping, right? Can you imagine seeing a giant dragon just sleeping on the ground, though? That would be horrifying. Yeah, no, that would be horrifying. I don't know. They don't really. It's not give, like there was a butt. They there. don't really give good descriptions. Now the size varies of, a lot. Of what we're seeing here, I mean, neither like again, we don't really have anything on the 1700 sightings other than like little bits of information that was probably passed through from travelers, but. This one, I mean, he he sees the thing and it flies off and he doesn't even bother to like really give much of a size, which is, I, I have seen a few things where it was like one person said it was like six foot in size. I saw someone who said 14. Not, okay. Yeah. So anywhere from six to 14 feet long and it might have tentacles. It might look like a goose with a metal beak with teeth and it might be a dragon. As a dragon nerd, that is fairly small for a dragon. 14 feet is really not very large from nose to tail. No, it's kind of adorable, honestly. <laughs> it's like a baby. Um, so there was that sighting. A lot of these are pretty short, too. It's just like little quips from people who are like, I saw the thing. Um, so there was another one where it was sighted near Haggerstown, a little south of Middletown at Lover's Leap. Uh, full disclosure, I have no idea where any of these places are. Just that they're in Maryland. Um, it was seen flying over the mountains between Gapland and Burkittsville, where it was reported to have laid a large egg and reported by a bunch of lumberjacks. Yes. Now, this case was interesting because what I they... I love the egg stories. What they specifically <laughs> said, the lumberjacks specifically said about the egg, was that, quoted, it was big enough to hatch a horse. So, but they like, thought it was huge. And if we're talking like... If the egg is the size of, like, the animal, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Well, so that's the thing. If they said it was big enough to hatch a horse, I assume what they meant is, like, a smaller horse, like a baby <laughs> horse. I don't think they meant, like, a stallion. I'd be surprised. But if it is even big enough to hatch, like, a baby horse which forgive me but i don't know what a baby horse <laughs> it's a foal is called. it is called a foal <laughs> well then that's my folly it's a horse chick folly get it it's like a chick anyway uh so a foal excuse me uh that would still be a pretty big egg but maybe this is one of those creatures that asexually reproduces and it hatches only one animal in its lifetime only one baby Therefore, pretty big egg, because it only is giving one. Hmm. So that's a possibility. I mean, there is a theory that we can talk about later where it may have died, and the one that we see later is the child. 
Yes. Which then tragically dies. There is that theory. Anyway, we'll get there. Um, So there's, there were a couple of egg sightings and they all said it was like the size of a barrel, which I guess that works sort of with your little baby horse theory. Yeah. Um, And then there was the, like the biggest sighting of the 1909 time in Maryland, other than the first one, is supposedly the last one which was cited in Frederick County in March, which is only a month after the the original article released. And this is where three men allegedly fought the creature outside of a railroad station. And this lasted for nearly an hour and a half before they chased it off into the woods of Carroll County. Um, I, there is a book about the Snallygaster can't remember what the author's name is, but you'll find it if you look up Snallygaster book, and we'll put it on our Goodreads. But uh, according to that, there wasn't a lot that I could read off of the samples, but I did find a little bit on this story, and one part said that one of the guys had recently bought a well, and he had thrown the well at the creature. Now, even the author was like, I don't quite know what this means. <laughs> Because there's no way a man threw a whole well. He's like, maybe he meant a round part, because it also says that it pierced the creature's nose. So, I don't know, I just thought that was funny. One guy just well, threw a fucking well, well at it. Yeah. Uh, that is an interesting little... I mean... <laughs> I assume he just threw pieces of his well at it. Like He, he just said he threw a well at it. He had recently bought a well. It was in his truck, and he threw a well at it. Well, you gotta throw something. <laughs> then you throw an entire well, I guess. Uh, uh, read the book if you want to hear more about that, I guess, because I I really wanted to, but it's really hard to find, like, an ebook, and couldn't really find it anywhere. It's one of those, you know? It's a little relic of a book. Going into Ohio, there was a guy who saw it fly over his head, making terrible screeching noises. He saw a strange creature, is what he says. It had two huge wings and a large head with a horn on it. It says horny head. Yeah, I see that it says horny head. Uh, And a tail 20 feet long. Wow. That's significantly different. That's quite a bit different it's pretty interesting uh one thing that we do know from witness stories we can say is that there isn't any so actually i guess when did this ohio one happen these were all in 1909 okay so this was in 1909 so this so the this ohio new jersey and west virginia one this was all a result basically of the 1909 article that came out. So it probably all happened within about six months of each other. Right. So he saw this terrible screeching thing. Now, it being 20 feet long, we know from witness stories, if you've listened to our Mothman episode, for instance, you would know that the witness <laughs> stories are terribly unreliable. Oh my God. I, you just reminded me of that. Yes. That whole thing that we talked about where they did tests and yes. people are terrible at guessing sizes. For those who haven't listened to that episode, I will just quickly re-up you on that uh basically monster quest which if you've ever watched this is the most ridiculous overdramatic show but i love it 
they did a really good test where they took a bunch of witnesses and they placed various sized creatures in the forest, various sized Mothman in the forest, and they drove these previous Mothman witnesses past these to try and get a size comparison for what they think they're seeing compared to what they're actually seeing. Mm-hmm. And I think they also did something where like some of them had red eyes and some of them had different colored right. eyes and they were like, what color eyes did it have? Exactly. So they're basically just testing witness testimony. And what ended up coming out of that is that basically I think what the guy said is just that they're not reliable. That's basically what came just out of it. people are really bad at looking at things and guessing. Yeah, it's... it's they had a number percentage. I can't remember. Listen to the episode two and remind me. Yeah, I mean, if you see a bird 100 feet away in the sky, you're not going to know that it's actually 100 feet away. So you're going to have to guess its size based on how far away you think it is. And some birds are going to look huge. Some birds are going to look tiny. It just depends. We ain't trained for that kind of physics. No, we're not, <laughs> we're not trained to see that. So this guy is saying that he saw something. Uh, he didn't have a picture because it's, I mean, we're talking about 1909. It's not easy to get a picture of a bird or whatever this thing is. It would have to be sitting is. in the same spot it would be for like so, It would be very difficult to get that. Uh, and there's, there's not a lot more than just like his word. Now, I wanted to bring that up because one of the impor- most important issues that came out of this is the newspaper that released this did start to get pressure from the community. Yeah, for pictures, right? They wanted pictures. Yeah. They wanted proof of something, anything, including New Jersey. Someone found footprints in the snow. But again... Now, can I say something about this real quick? Hmm. I have been trying to find more than this, just these six words yeah. about New Jersey. Yeah. And literally people, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, it kicked up a bunch of interest because they found the footprints in the snow initially and i'm like but then what there's nothing else there's nothing else they're just like there's footprints in the snow and that's what set off the craze in new jersey and i'm like cool what else happened in new jersey and again no picture which in 1909 you could get a picture of that i mean footprints in the snow would have been easy enough to at least get one picture of i mean unless we're talking about like a tiny tiny town i guess with no camera but but which is possible if anybody can find anything more about what the hell happened in New Jersey with the snow, I guess, please tell me. Yeah, but apparently someone found his footprints in the snow. Also, this thing is just going. It is just flying around. It's going everywhere. It's been seen, and now it doesn't know where to go. It stops by New Jersey, stops by Ohio, goes by West Virginia. This is some pretty good square mileage it's got. It really is just kind of flying. But... What we also have is a sighting in West Virginia, where a woman near Scrabble found one roosting in a farmer's barn, and she said it laid an egg the size of a barrel. It almost caught the woman. Like, it almost picked her up. Yeah. Now, she says it laid an egg. We don't have any egg, and I don't think anyone made the world's largest scrambled egg. No. And the funny thing is, is actually, I guess they had found a couple of eggs. I don't know if West Virginia and Maryland had gotten together and was like, we have eggs, too. Um, But there was one story where apparently a bunch of the men in one of these towns rigged an incubator to try and hatch it. Now, pictures? No. Anything else other than random shit that I found on, like, cryptozoology websites? No. But (laughs) I like to think that they did something. (laughs) It's another one of those things where you kind of would like some proof. And for those that might be thinking like, oh, this is 1909 again, like it's hard to get pictures. You're correct. It is difficult at that time to get pictures. At least draw something. 
But witness drawings, better witness testimony. I mean, at least she says that it was the size of a barrel. That's a pretty good size comparison. Yeah. But we don't have... Yeah, we don't have good comparisons for half of this. And, and... Even though it was difficult to get photographic evidence, we've had things in the past prove that it's not impossible. We have old pictures from the 1900s, very early 1900s, of like shark catches and things like that. People had the ability to get those things, especially if you got a dragon thing roaming around Maryland and everywhere else. But yeah, I mean, again, this doesn't say that this isn't true. It's just that it's irritating to see so much evidence but see none of the physical evidence yeah which is as we talk about on the show a lot this this really need it i just love this whole topic because it really harkens back to our first few episodes remember when we were like and still no pictures yeah exactly (laughs) that's that's just the problem is you don't have pictures at least this isn't i i mean i will say this isn't like 2010 where we've talked about some things that we see and people or like the montauk monster where it was like oh we have this one shitty picture (sighs) If you find something weird, we've said this before on the show, but if you're new, don't just get angles. Throw something down next to it that gives us a size comparison for later. That way, if we look at the picture... just put your foot next to it. You can put a whole bunch of coins. Throw a bunch of coins on the ground next to it because then they can use the coin and use that coin to then measure. It'll be harder, but they can use it to measure how far, like how, how much distance there is between one end of the creature and the other end of the creature or the creature and like the nearest rock or if you throw down a quarter they can at least figure out how far the nearest rock is like they have a method of doing that so again we've said it on the show before but if you're brand new uh thank you for listening and (laughs) on top of that make sure if you see something weird just place anything even your phone anything down on the ground like i said well your foot specifically, if you're going to send well, those just, measurements. I was just thinking, yeah. put your foot next to it, and then when you get home, measure your foot and be like, hey, yeah, my foot's like but something, 12 and a half inches long. Something empirical would be better. Something that we all know the size of is the best option. That's a big foot. Like, even if you throw down a dollar bill, just something. Anyway. Anyway, the uh, there is a great, um, even less credible thing that I found that I thought was hilarious. I just want to throw this in here because I love it. So if you guys have listened to our Jeff the Mongoose episode, you remember that that's a cryptid that can talk that is an animal. So some guy apparently had a Jeff the Mongoose-esque encounter with this Snallygaster dragon thing um, where it picked the guy up by his suspenders and said, quote, My, I'm dry. I haven't had a good drink since I was killed in the Battle of Chickamauga. Since I was killed in the Battle of Chickamauga? That's what it said. I don't know. It's just apparently I, I saw one other thing that said allegedly somebody said that it had asked a guy for a drink. So I have seen two things where apparently it talked to somebody. Of course it can talk. For those who don't know, the Battle of Chickamauga is a battle that took place between September 18th and 20th of 1863. It was a Civil War battle and it happened in southeastern Tennessee slash northwest western georgia not the closest to the area we're talking about right now very random but yeah so that's the battle of chickamauga so basically that sounds like someone who might have just known about the battle of chickamauga it was funny that happened 
I hope it picked somebody up with, I don't know, it's never described as having arms, so I don't know what it picked him up with. Well, it has... one of his tentacles. Everything I see is that it has uh, talons. So it has, like, bird-like talons on the end. And that's how it supposedly is picking up people. Now, we're moving into... So we've talked about a lot of these. It's hard to say whether these are credible because we don't know who half these people are. We don't know what they say. There are newspaper articles... Yes. Like, we do have some of the ones from 1909. Yes. And I can post those. But the most important thing here is one of the most interesting people in history was President Theodore Roosevelt. Now, Mr. Theodore here, Teddy, Teddy, he (laughs) played expertly by Robin Williams in Night at the Museum, if you haven't seen it. Very true. You should see it just for Robin Williams. Uh... He really did a good job. But anyway, Roosevelt is a fascinating person because he is someone who was adamant about seeing weird creatures sometimes and adamant about hunting them. So Teddy was an advocate for the Smithsonian Foundation, which is, you know, is the Smithsonian Institute, Smithsonian Museum, famous. Preserving history. Exactly. And finding interesting things. Again, Night at the Museum 2, Battle of the Smithsonian. Now, if you haven't seen that, you should. It's pretty fun. I guess. Amy Adams is Amelia <laughs> anyway. is a dream casting. It's great. Oh she God. does a great job. It's a sad story. Now I'm not going to spoil the ending. For. Um, yeah, Amelia Earhart. <laughs> Duh. Uh, anyway, so Teddy is interesting because because he would say that, like, I mean, one of his most famous cases is he is adamant about the fact that he saw Bigfoot. He's positive. He, I believe, shot at it as well, but he doesn't know if he hit it. It's actually one of the best sightings of Bigfoot. Yeah, because he knew what he was talking about. This is a seasoned hunter. He was a man who would live out in the wilderness for days and days and weeks at a time. On the planet. And he lived in the rough and gruff while hunting things. But he is interesting because of his interest in cryptids. He would find anything that was weird or anomalous, and he would love it. And it's so much more direct than where how we've had like presidents in the past. Like maybe I've seen a UFO and stuff like that. Yeah, so well, I he think, he'd hear about it and he'd want to go find it. Yeah, though I think himself. like the next closest one was I think it was Reagan who said that he saw a UFO. Yeah. So that'd be like the next closest one. But Teddy is like the original cryptid political man. But anyway, he was fascinated by this to the point where he almost canceled a hunting trip to Africa because he wanted to hunt this. And the Smithsonian Institute put out a reward for it as well. Yeah, this is all alleged. He didn't actually postpone his trip to Africa. He no, still went. No, he considered. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just think it's funny because if he was like, yeah, just put out a reward for it because I want its head on my wall. It's like, if I can't hunt it, somebody else will do it for me. Yeah. But, so they put out a reward for this, and this is what we were talking about with the newspaper. The newspaper that originally put this out, they were under huge pressure. Especially now that the president caught wind of it. Right, because we have (laughs) someone who is very high in the public eye, and people want this creature. They, They are out for blood at this point. People want to display it. That's how they did things back then. You find something that might be unique, you shoot it. That was that was how they did things. <laughs> Yay, history. It was, now we can shoot it with cameras. Please do that instead. Don't shoot Bigfoot At in the face. At least if you shoot it, please just get a preserve portrait. one, unlike the Dono birds, who we have no idea no, anything don't, about. Don't just at least preserve one. Then they can't 
recruit, like, they can't procreate. Well, I'm saying it's better to preserve one rather than shoot them all. No, it's better to not shoot all of them at all. I'm saying if you're going to shoot them. If you're going to shoot them, preserve about a thousand, please, at the very <laughs> least. Maybe ten. Let's call it, let's call it ten thousand, call it even. Uh, and if you're going to shoot them, preferably a camera. That's the best way to shoot them. They live longer that way. Doesn't hurt. Though don't use the flash. That might. But I want it to be known that I agree with them. I was just saying something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's how they did things back then is they shot it. But everybody wanted it. They wanted some kind of proof. They wanted a feather. They wanted a scale. They wanted someone to shoot it. They wanted blood. They wanted eggs. We have all of these sightings of eggs and the creature and it's flying and it has no anything dropping off of it and nobody's able to get a picture of anything even remotely close to it no distant giant bird in the sky and then it just disappears yep so that that last one that i talked about where they chased it out of town that was the last real sighting of it um and it disappeared for about 26 years there was no recorded sightings of it for almost three decades and then... And then it came back. Law and Order, doom, doom, <laughs> cut to 1932. Yes, 1932. Uh, it was spotted, and from what I read, it was scared out of a place it had been sleeping, which is a common theme. There's things like, is this a comfortable barn? I will sleep here. Farmer comes in, scares the shit out of it. It flies away. Now, what ended up happening, this is my favorite version of the story. Yes, this may or may not be the end. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. So this thing flew out, and what they claim is that it this 14-foot snallygaster, <laughs> snallygaster, <laughs> this 14-foot snallygaster, it apparently flew over a moonshine factory. Mm-hmm. And when it flew over this Which place... Which was illegal at the time. When it flew over this moonshine vat, it fell into it because the fumes knocked it out. So, first of all... That is some moonshine. I, no joke, have seen like six different versions of this story. I saw one that said oh, it was I've attracted s- to the fumes. I've seen so many. I saw one where it fell out of the sky and crashed into the vat of moonshine. The most consistent one I've seen, though, is that it smelled the fumes. And this is actually what was reported. I did find the report, finally. But this is what was reported is that it, it had the fumes, inhaled, it got knocked out, drunk, whatever, and it fell directly into the moonshine fat. And died. Now, a lot of what I read, people, like some person said government agents, some person said the townsfolk, one person said revenue agents, which would have been the IRS. Uh, They said that all of those different people grabbed the body, cleaned out the vat, destroyed the vat apparently, because moonshine's illegal anyway, Mm -hmm. and then took the body forever gone. I think most likely, if that's the case, what people might have meant to say was the FBI. However, the FBI were pretty new at the time. They were an organization that was like 10 to 12 years old. So they had not been around for very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also were not as good at their job at the time. <laughs> so I My favorite version of how the body went missing that I've seen is that apparently it's still two agents, uh, but apparently these agents exploded 500 pounds of dynamite under the, the sill or the still, uh, destroying the remains of the Snallygaster and the guy's workshop. They just blew that shit up, which I really hope the FBI just, like, blew up some guy's moonshine factory. Yeah. (laughs) I... 
we've talked about on the show all the time, always going to. There's always a hint of truth in every story. There really is. And there, whether, whether or not the story sounds outlandish or not, there's always something that's real. And I have a feeling the blowing up of a moonshine factory, probably real. Now, do I think two really, agents Really? You think did that's it? real? I don't think two agents did it. I no, but you think the blowing up of one is real? So that's what I'm saying is I don't think two agents did it. I don't think people intentionally blew up moonshine. But what I do know is moonshine is highly flammable and explosive. So it wouldn't surprise me if one blew up, as I've heard in history, that they were dangerous to run because you had the possibility of blowing something up. So I have a good feeling. I only found that on one source. One blew up, maybe, and it led to this theory of a Snallygaster dying. Or maybe a Snallygaster actually fell into the vat. Now, you might be asking yourself, though, if it fell into the vat in 1932 and there's no other stories after it, and we've just told you all the other stories, why are we still talking about it? How is this an episode? Well, it goes on further than that. Uh, It does get spotted again in 1948. Now, this is important because the moonshine story could still be true. Yes. This means that one creature died, but it doesn't mean that another creature died. And we remember there were several eggs, Lane. Right. So there's a possibility that the one that died maybe was the oldest or something like that, which would explain to me the moonshine incident. Maybe it was just weak and it just happened to fall in there. So what people think generally is that these things have a lifespan of about 20 years. Yes. So like the ones from 1909? Yes. Uh, the ones from 19, the one from 1909 uh, died and, you know, laid the one that popped up in 1932, which then died and probably laid the one that popped up in 1948, right? So it kind of makes sense. Um, But the ones after 1932 were pretty vague. Like the one in 1948 was just seen flying around like some mountains in the area. So like I was saying, this old creature might have fallen into the moonshine, Mm -hmm. which makes me wonder Mm -hmm. if it's part of a family, like it's bird side part of a family of one of the saddest creatures ever okay the albatross oh my god the albatross Cam has a thing for albatrosses heartbreaking first of all quit killing them with your plastic that's terrible yeah for real quit dumping plastic in the ocean people that's not where plastic goes <laughs> there are lots of arts and crafts you can use to recycle plastic you can recycle plastic. Now, not everybody's perfect at recycling plastic. We're certainly not. We're just saying, quit killing albatrosses with your plastic. Don't shove a fork up an albatross's throat. Why are you that close what to one fuck? anyway? What the fuck? Get on with your point. Anyway, the albatross is one of the most beautiful creatures because at some point in its life, as it gets older and after it's raised its young, it will fly out from the island that most of the albatrosses live on. It'll fly out and it will never return. And it flies out knowing that it's not going to return most likely. So it kind of just takes like its last flight, last ride for the rest of its life. And these things can fly for weeks, by the way. They, they don't just like fly out for a couple hours and then die. No, they can fly for a very long time. Uh, but maybe, maybe that is what happened to the Snallygaster. This old dude was like, I have had my children. I have kept these creepy dragon things going. I am now spotted by a woman and I'm tired of it. Because people keep seeing me and screaming, and then they claim I'm the one screaming. So then it just, boom, right into the nearest thing of water, which was not water, and it turned out to be moonshine. 
And then the FBI Jesus was like, Christ. then the FBI was like, oh my God, we've got to get rid of this. And they blow it up. Great theory. Food for thought. 10 out of 10. Let's move on to 1973. Well, is that what you want to do? Yeah, let's move on to 1973. He, there's, there is some important things going on. Every good story has a protagonist and an antagonist or the villain, which this is one of the weirdest cases I've ever seen because usually cryptids are kind of solitary creatures. That's why they're not easily spotted. They don't have a lot of enemies because their enemy is pretty much society trying to hunt them down. That is often the case with cryptids. This is weird because we're going to talk about a second cryptid called the Dwyo or the Maryland Wolfman. If I'm not saying that right, feel free to tell me that I'm not. I'd be happy to pronounce it the correct way. But this thing is the sworn enemy of the Snallygaster. (laughs) I love this. Yeah. I've never heard anything like this before in a cryptid story. Usually it's like, oh, we saw some weird thing and it kind of terrorized something or was just kind of creepy and then disappeared. Right? Nope. Apparently this flying monster thing has some kind of Godzilla versus Mothra or any of his other enemies type thing here where they're just mortal enemies. And there have been reports of them fighting and having battles and shit since apparently since the settlers. Right. Yes. Since the 1700s, they have been talking about this. Now, this also goes back even further. There is a creature called the Hexen Wolf, and that is actually what the sightings in the 1700s claim is a Hexen Wolf. Mm. The Dwyo did not come around until about 1944. So, what's, where does the Dwyo originate? I didn't really look. Much That's into what I'm the saying. Dwyo is the Dwyo is the official reporting from 1944. They called it a Dwyo. Now, a Dwyo had already been a legend as a Maryland Wolfman, but the Maryland Wolfman, from what I from what I can tell, I did not see anything that directly says this, but from what I can tell and from what other people kind of related, was that the Maryland Wolfman is essentially the Hexen Wolf, just evolved at this point. That's what it what is. What the fuck? Please explain further. So, so let's talk about a Dwyo. The Dwyo, like we said, is a Wolfman. Now, you may be thinking werewolf. Wrong. It's not a werewolf. Uh, it's kind of like a werewolf, but it's like, we talked about this in something else. The dog men. Dog men are kind of similar. They're a little different though. Just like all the pictures I saw, it was just kind of like a wolf standing on its hind legs. Yeah. That's kind of what this is. Uh, but anyway, a hexen wolf to me is most likely what the dryo is. So let's talk about what a hexen wolf is. It is a creature that travels in packs. It can turn invisible, but the way the invisibility is described is actually more of like a chameleon, which is really weird. So it just kind of blends Or in. like an octopus. Yeah. Or like... It's camouflage. Yeah, that. It's it's camouflage. But the, the most interesting thing about the camouflage aspect of it is that it has hair, which you don't really see creatures that have hair that are able to change wow. the color Biologically, of their hair. Biologically, that sounds really hard. <laughs> yes, exactly. To change the color of a hair follicle sounds insane. Just a little but bit. But that's what they claim. People claim that, and this isn't like people are like, they turn invisible, they can be camouflaged. No, they're saying that they, the creatures that they're seeing, like all of these reports of hexing wolves, they say that 
this thing turns invisible, but by way of camouflage, by morphing into the environment. It's so not actually still, turning invisible. You could still see, like, displacement You can catch the, creature, the outline right? of it, basically. Yeah. So it's like a predator type of thing. I don't like that. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, but not only can they do that, they also can project thoughts into people and animals' minds. So animals in general, since people are animals and most people forget that. Oh my god, please read the next thing. I will, but I want to talk about the people's, okay. the, the projecting thoughts. Yeah, the next thing's great. <laughs> but uh, projecting thoughts is apparently how these things hunt. So if you've ever seen a hexen wolf, for one, uh, there's a good chance you won't remember. Because it can project its thoughts into you and it will therefore get rid of the memory of you. So it's the men in black wolf. It kind of is. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Put a suit and a tie on it and it's terrifying. But... It hunts this way, too, by stopping animals in their tracks because it's controlling what their thought process is, therefore making the animal think that it's not running or whatever, so then they can just hunt it very easily. Now, remember, these things travel in packs. And not only do they travel in packs, but they don't hunt down dogs or cats, apparently. They don't eat them. Now, what's funny about this is they eat pretty much everything else. But my favorite thing is that dogs... They're just friendly little bastards. But cats, they're evil little bastards. And apparently cats hunt with these things. That is what reported sightings have claimed, that cats are found with the packs of hex and wolves. You you wrote, they love cats. They do love cats. I love that. They love cats. They really do. They hunt (laughs) with them. They don't eat them. They hang out with them. They smoke cigars, play poker, whatever. I don't know what hex and wolves do on their time off. But... (laughs) What the whole point of this is, is that what I believe, based on reading all of these accounts and all of this, is that the Jwayo is a lone hexen wolf. So it is a separated wolf from the pack, basically. But can it still, like, turn invisible and shit? In theory, if it's a hexen wolf, it would still have, like, those, well, like, no, camouflage abilities. I haven't seen anything about the Jwayo, but the Jwayo has very limited sightings, too. It's it's one of those that's like, yeah, my uncle saw that once. Yeah. And that's all you get. But I think if anything, if you want to go into this, the Dwyo is probably a lone Hexen Wolf, something split off from the pack. And whatever this thing is by itself is, for some reason, hateful towards the Snallygaster. But it, the Snallygaster is not part cat. So that would be why. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the opposite of the lizard. So a long explanation, but in short, that's what it is. I just, I was not expecting to find this when looking up a cryptid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I had no idea that this was, like, like literally some kind of Godzilla story. Just any of those monster fight movies. Yeah, I really wish there were other things, like somebody being like, there's a Bigfoot in Loch Ness that hates Nessie. <laughs> just gets in the water the and punches it. I mean, like... It is the the closest thing I've ever heard to this is that uh, again I don't know the plural of Bigfoot. Bigfoots I've heard that majority of the time and I don't like it's gotta it. Gotta be. It's ugly. It's ugly. But anyway, tell us what you think about that. Do you think Bigfoots is ugly? Do you say big feet? Do you not say it at all? Whatever you want to tell us. But I've heard it before of Bigfoot packs kind of fighting with each other, and that's been reported before. But I've never heard of two separate cryptids. Yeah, this is one cryptid versus another cryptid. It's amazing. I love it. It's incredible. Um, so there, you know, there's apparently reports in history of them fighting. What I want to know is how this is even a fair fight since the Snallygaster can fly. But 
Regardless. And if it actually does have tentacles coming out of its mouth, I mean, what the fuck is a wolf man going to do? Uh, so just to kind of get you, since we've talked about the Snallygaster, we, we do have one sighting that I picked out of all the ones I found. Uh, just because it was from 1966 Frederick News Post. It was just a real report on something someone had seen. And it is uh, quoted as, Near the woods of Gambrel State Park, John Becker went out in his yard to investigate a strange noise. It was getting dark, and he had started back to the house when he saw something moving toward him. It was as big as a bear, had long black hair and a bushy tail, and growled like a wolf or a dog in anger. As it got closer, it stood up on its hind legs and attacked him. Becker fought the creature until it ran into the woods, leaving him, his wife, and children in horror. Deciding to remain anonymous under the alias John Becker, he filed a report with the local state police telling of an attack by a mysterious monster that he called a Dwyo. So... So he made up the name? I don't know. That's that's what the newspaper says, but from what I've seen, the reporting of a Dwyo goes back to 1944. Maybe we should do a mini-sode on a Dwyo. We do need to do a mini-sode on a Dwyo, but that's about as much as we'll give you on a Dwyo other than... It's a wolf man that hates a Snallygaster. Other than what the Snallygaster is Back to the Snallygaster. Exactly. Um, So, keep in mind that supposedly these two are enemies, right? But in 1973, Maryland State Police began searching in sight... Sykesville for a huge hairy monster described by residents as a cross between a Dwyo and a Snallygaster. And I read in only one source that lore says a Dwyo hatches from a Snallygaster egg. I don't know how true that is. It doesn't really make much sense, but like, it's yeah, kind of interesting. I We found that in one place. And it didn't say where they got that information. It was kind of just like, it was literally a single sentence. What? <laughs> what? Now I want to know. We'll talk about it. Okay. I mean, that's all I had is, I mean, so it's, it's, it's sort of a Snallygaster sighting in 1973, but like somehow a cross, like a hairy version, which I don't know how that happens or like where that narrative went between 19... 1948 and 1973, but I mean, something happened. I wrote down Snallygaster versus Dwyo Requiem, like Alien versus Predator Requiem. Yeah. Where, you know, you get the alien predator hybrids. I don't know if that's something that happened, but I haven't heard of anything other than in 2014 on some other monster hunting show, some dude in West Virginia was like, I saw it. And showed some blurry pictures. It was on Destination America. The Snallygaster? No, it was on something with the word monsters in it. Yeah, but the show is on the channel Destination America. Oh. Uh, yeah, that they did show two pictures. Try and find that. It is something big. A lot of people in the comments said it looks like a rock. I don't agree. Uh, rocks don't move. But the two pictures show something moving. It's hard to say what it is. It kind of looks like a buck. But yeah, it's a really blurry picture. It looks like a buck that might have been like jumping and caused a bigger blur than what it actually is. And mm. if you've ever seen a buck up close, they're pretty big, but it they're not like, huge. It looks like, uh, like we didn't really like look into it or watch the episode or anything, but like the photos that we saw, um, was it like a trail cam or like a night vision cam? It looked like a trail cam. cam. Yeah, it, it was definitely like a, a night cam. vision trail cam. 
but it's it was not like a guy out there taking a photo himself. He had just set up a trail cam. Yeah. And he was I mean, I don't know what he was actually looking for. So like after 1973, that's really like the only real other recorded instance of a snallygaster. Yes. Which like according to the show, they didn't really come up with any good evidence of anything. So No, there's that's the problem here is that no matter what time frame we're in, we don't have good evidence for anything. And by the time we get into the 60s and 70s, I mean, cameras are like candy. They are everywhere. <laughs> Even if they're not great, they're still good enough that people have them. So we should have proof of something. We should have proof of footprints. We should have proof of something. However, let's talk about what the problem is. Wait, I want to say real quick. Um, we haven't brought this up in a long time, but if anybody's out there writing any fanfic for us, this is a great subject. Please tell us what the hell happened between the Snallygaster and the Dwyo. And if you have listened to earlier episodes, don't worry, we will give it to Jason as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so let's talk about this. So the 1909 newspaper is not where this started. I want to make that. I want to make that as clear as possible. This is not yeah. where it started. It's not the origin of the creature, it's but German it folklore. is where the popularity started. Yes. The 1909 article created the fame and love behind the Snallygaster in this area. It hasn't really died since. It dies for a couple of years and it comes back like Pennywise. It is one of those types of things. But the problem with the 1909 article, specifically the first one, if we'll put up a picture of it. Yeah. It's very fake. <laughs> it doesn't I don't know if they purportedly like if they purportedly were trying to show a picture. I don't know, but, there but it is looks an like image. They painted something over the top of they the picture. They very obviously drew on it. Yeah, it looks like somebody literally had like an ink pen and drew in the silhouette of a dragon. Which is most likely just to scare people. They didn't claim they had any photos that I saw, so I assume they weren't trying to claim that they had one, though I'm willing to bet when the newspaper came out, they were like, this is the Snallygaster story, and they said nothing about the image at the mm -hmm. top. Uh, however, I do think it looks fun. But not so much fun when you're in 1909. And you're a little stitious. And you can't Google, is this a hoax? <laughs> and when you're a little stitious and you have no reference and your only reference is telling you it's true and they have some black ink blot at the top of their page that looks like a dragon creature, that'd be a little scary. Yeah. So everyone kind of fell for this and went crazy on this hoax. Now... And like, like we mentioned earlier, it suddenly was popping up in four different states Right. And so most things are like, oh, you get one sighting and suddenly this thing is in like four places at once. And if, now, if you're like me, like we mentioned on this show before, we're skeptics. We are. Now, if you're like me, though, one of my biggest things is just because something pops up and then there is a ton of witness evidence right after, that does not mean that it's fake, like most people say, where they're like just people trying to be the next popular person with the story. To me, it can point in either direction. It can point either that it's very fake or it can point to the fact that it's very real. Now, with the Snallygaster case, it's too spread out. Yeah. It's way too spread out. Now, that doesn't make sense unless we're talking about, like, the Mothman version where that thing's flying at, like, 200 miles per hour. The thing that I like about those kinds of things is that um, 
I mean, if you really think about it, if something just comes into the area or just kind of pops up or matures enough to fly around or something like that, I mean, it could just be, it's just here now and wasn't before, you know, which is why everyone is suddenly seeing it. Well, it also could be that sometimes people don't pay attention. We've talked about this before on the show. Sometimes people don't look up until they're told to look up. Yeah. Now that's a big thing. It's very important because it happens a lot in UFO cases where nobody reports seeing anything weird in the sky until someone reports a UFO and then all of a sudden everybody in that town is looking up at the sky. Mm-hmm. When that happens... Which is a lot more people. You see more things. So if people are on the lookout for a dragon creature, especially if you own like a farm or a cattle ranch, anything like that, you're going to be more on the lookout maybe. So if you see anything that looks like out of the ordinary or slightly bigger than what you want, that could scare you, freak you out. Now, there's a very, 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 very important part of this 1909 newspaper. Guess what came out right before the Snallygaster? What? I'll give you a hint. It is a weird morph of a lot of creatures. It also has wings. And it also is in Maryland slash West Virginia. Just like everything else. Yes. Why are you talking about Mothman? No. What? It's actually, no, it's actually in Jersey, I guess, technically. Devil. Yes. The Jersey Devil had just come into fame. Wow, really? And popularity not too long before. And what this news article did, the reason why it's considered a hoax, is because the news article was basically banking off of the Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. And that's why people consider this a hoax generally. The, the news article itself. Again, the sightings have dated back to the 1700s. So there's, there's more to it than just this one article. But that then started a craze where everybody's looking for this thing, but nobody knows what they're actually Including looking the for. Including the president. Right, exactly. But the Jersey Devil was huge in popularity at the time. It had just popped up. And that is, that is the biggest factor for this newspaper article. They wanted their own fame. So they created something that was already in the folklore. But they just added to it, and this is why I don't like the tentacle version in terms of talking about this creature as possibly real. Oh, I see. So like they made it more like the Jersey Devil, because the Jersey Devil is like four different things, right? Yes, so they added more to try and make it scarier than the Jersey Devil. Well, they made it extremely Lovecraftian. Yes, they did. With the tentacles and the wings and... I don't like it. Yeah, it's very gothic horror, and that's what happened, though, is they basically created their own monster out of this original mold. And that's why I don't like that version as much, because I think the original thing that people were talking about with, like, this creature that looks like it might be scaly and has feathers and, like, this metallic shining beak, I think that's realistic. It just sounds like it sounds like several versions of dragons usually that pop up in like South America. It does, and also like they mentioned that it has teeth and stuff. And I would like to remind you, geese have teeth. Uh, it's horrifying. Yeah, birds actually generally have teeth. Yeah, it's it's horrifying if you've ever seen <laughs> their teeth. Like I took a close up picture of a goose once, where it's right on its face. Oh, it's weird. They have a lot of teeth. Uh, yeah, they're uncomfortable creatures. I don't know how they use them. It looks weird. I don't know why they need it. Ripping grass out of the ground and skin off of people's bones. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that is the biggest thing to think about with the 1909 article is that it was was something that was made to scare people and to gain popularity and fame. Yeah. But then they couldn't prove it and they fell under the pressure and then the creature disappeared. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Now, this is where this is important to me is because I feel like in reality, there were probably, in theory, based on people who knew the folklore, depending on which way you want to go, there were probably sightings from the 1700s and on. But they weren't very popular. People didn't really care. So then there was a sighting eventually again in the 30s. And I think the sighting in the 30s actually correlates more to the 1700s type of sightings than the one in 1909. Because we don't see a mention of tentacles or anything like that. We the see, tentacles don't really crop up very consistently no, either. No, they don't match. They it, just don't match I mean, the it's creature. definitely now one of the most popular photos or drawings or whatever. Drawings of it. It, it looks cool. Like, I don't know who made the drawing. But I dig. It looks awesome. It's on the cover of the Snallygaster book. Well, the drawing is really cool, but... You take away the tentacles, and it is one of those things where the most important part of a cryptid is how realistic is it. And I actually don't think the Snallygaster, for all of its weird naming and all of the things that have been added to it, I think if you take away the one eye and the tentacles, it becomes a more realistic creature. It's something maybe that people were seeing that maybe we don't see now. And I mean, you know I'm a huge geek about dragons. Yeah. And generally, I mean, without the, the extra shit that now that you've said the Jersey Devil thing kind of makes sense. But like without the extra shit, something that's only like six to 14 feet long is really not very big. And something, I mean, I don't know, you never know. Could be living out in the mountains out there. Yeah. Cave dwelling lizard monster. So is that what you believe it is? I don't believe the tentacles, but I really like the idea of that. Um, Before we do that though, I want to talk about a couple of other things that kind of turn this down um we talked about the ohio guy right who had he had actually written into the same paper it was found out later that the guy in ohio was actually a friend of the guy who did that first article Uh. in maryland um and he's from the same area he's from that town and he was just kind of banking off of it and and was like yeah i saw it too That adds to the New Jersey Devil thing, too. This. But yeah, he was found out to completely be lying about his story in Ohio, which I think is funny because he was the only one that had anything in Ohio. Um, so that makes sense. And then there was also a theory that some people thought this may have um, been a scare tactic to keep people from coming to the area because this was about the time when cars, um, like motor vehicles, had started becoming popular. And one of the first roadways ran right by this town. So, I don't know. There's a theory that, like, maybe if we have a giant monster, people won't cause traffic here. It's like the Colorado native bullshit. I feel like that works opposite. Right? I feel like if you... I mean, that's like, like that's funny because... So, that point is opposite what my point was with yeah. the Jersey Devil. One is trying to draw in people. One's trying to get them out. Yeah. I feel like that you draw in people with that. I saw a few out. things that had that theory that... You know, because of the cars and the one of the major roadways is right there. I forgot what it was called. It had a name because it was one of the first ones. But, yeah, there's that idea, too. Yeah. Anyway, um, like I said, I, I like to think these things are real. I want to believe. I have always loved the idea of dragons ever since I was a little kid. And this... I've probably read about this before somewhere, but I... I like the idea that this could exist. And like I said, it's something relatively small, so it'd be easy to hide if it, in the one cave in Maryland, apparently. Yeah. Um, but do I think it's some tentacle monster with, like, huge talons and 
a snake-like head now. But it's really cool. <laughs> I think that... But now that you said the Jersey Devil thing, by the way, it just... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that... I think it's one of the big reasons why West Virginia has so many cryptids and everything over there in the Northeast. Yeah. Because it just kind of... It's like a domino effect. You get one, and it's like, oh, now this town is famous for this thing, and yeah. Now, for me, I think this whole thing, going back to the 1700s, I think it's, you always go with the most simple explanation, because that is oftentimes the actual explanation, and I think this is a case of misidentification. I think for the German settlers, you have showed up in a brand new world something you've never seen before, something that's not even fully documented. Nobody really knows everything that's there. And the world can be a scary place. So you're seeing creatures that you maybe haven't seen before, or you're seeing them in ways that you haven't seen before just because you're more freaked out. Now, Maryland has some big birds. It's got cranes and stuff like that. <laughs> We've talked about it's, that. That yes. was one of the Mothman theories. It's a that huge, huge thing. fucking crane with the red eyes. Yep, it's Fuck a that thing. huge thing with cryptids especially with wings that birds in general are often the actual culprits and when i was reading about it i was thinking more and more about it i don't think it's a crane because people say that there's scales on it that's one of the things that i hear all the time so they think it's part reptilian or whatever mm -hmm. now i have a feeling that that is misidentification and one of the birds i've been looking at and who knows if it is or not uh, the, a vulture. It's the black vulture specifically. It. I really didn't has, look into anything that this could be. It has this kind of scaly look to its skin. If you've ever seen a vulture, you've seen it before. But when you see a black vulture, it looks different than it does on like a pink vulture's head. Yeah, right? I totally see that. So like its skin is black. So you see the ripples more and it starts to kind of look like scales. And I can see how from a distance... You would totally think that's scales. Now, well, usually like their necks can extend too. In this picture that he's showing me, its its head is really close to its shoulders. Right, and we've had reports of its beak being shiny. For one, black vultures already have kind of a shiny beak. Yeah, look at that. They it's have this like metallic a, kind it's of got shiny. Like a white tip on its beak. Yeah, but what I also think is a possibility is if you see something like that with a fish in its mouth as well, it's going to look even bigger. One of the sightings that I read about, um, one of the ones with the tentacles in it. The guy said maybe it had an octopus in its mouth. Mm. Like maybe it had picked up something. Something weird like that, yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing it as. Is I think there's a good chance. I've never seen a black vulture before. I didn't know there were vultures with like the black heads. So that's why I was looking into it. These things can be five and a half to six feet in length. What? They're huge creatures. Seriously? That's a wingspan, I think. But oh. they're huge creatures, though. I mean, that's I long. Say, nose and, to tail, that's and pretty fucking seeing, huge. No. And seeing that in the air, though, that's a huge thing. I mean, that's... Especially if you don't know what distance you're looking at it from. It might be closer to you. This happens with owls all the time. There are so many cases of misidentified owls. I cannot tell you how many times this has happened. One of my favorite Jersey Devil stories is that it was pretty much proven it was an owl. Hard to go against it. But well, like, I think there's a good chance. One of my favorite Mothman theories is Sandhill Crane. But, like, look at this. Yeah. It's a picture of a crane pulling, like, a string of something. It looks like fishing net out of the ocean. And it looks like tentacles coming out of its mouth. 
Yeah. I'll post some pictures. Imagine this thing carrying some type of flesh or something. I mean, we're talking again, a bird with a six foot wingspan. That's not a small bird. I mean, I'm six feet tall. It was, it's literally a wingspan the size of me. It's huge. But owls I, can also get pretty big. Yeah, owls can also get big. But for me, in terms of like, what do I believe? I think it was a black vulture. I honestly do. I think there's a good chance. That's pretty fair. That do it they live was. in the area? Yeah. They're from they're in they're from Maryland, from what I can tell. Like they're native to the area. So I think you have settlers a little bit freaked out, don't know what, quite what they're looking at. You have something that's shiny, slightly scaly, well, the, huge. The Snally or Schnellgeist yeah. is something from Germany. It's not something they came up with here. Well, the Schnellgeist doesn't have to do with a bird or a winged creature though. That's just a quick moving spirit. That shows up in different myths all the time. It's a fast-moving spirit. Oftentimes, I've seen things called that, and it can do. It can literally be anything from a cryptid to a demon to just a spirit haunting a home. They will call it that. Mm. That's something that I've seen pop up a lot in conspiracies. Uh, but that's what they called it because it's so fast-moving. But again, like it, especially if you saw something like this at night or something like that too. Well, that's a little more concrete than even the Mothman one because like yeah. the thing with the Sandhill Cranes is they're not there very often. Right. It would be a it would be a difficult sighting to have. But I mean, you can see a vulture. But like even like there are a lot of huge birds over there. Like yeah. even if it was a crane or a vulture, and most of these were like at night or in the morning. Oh. So I, seeing that in the shadows, I would probably pee myself. I looked it up, <laughs> and in terms of like big bird culture, Maryland, as someone made a list of like a hundred different birds, there's a lot. Just for me, I like the idea that it's a black vulture. Because misidentification happens, and I like the idea of like someone sees this creature who can elongate its neck like in their barn or something like that, and they scare it away, and it just spreads out six foot wings and just launches. Nope. That to me would be, I mean, that'd be terrifying, especially if it's in the shadows, like what it, the stories make it seem like. So then you have this black thing coming out of the shadows. The shadows are going to make it look even bigger, and then you're freaked out, and then you don't look until it's flying off. So it's one of those things where I think there's a good chance. I think the Snallygaster is very fun, though. And I don't think it's a new type of creature, unfortunately. I don't like think I it's said, a, I want to believe. <laughs> I, think there's, I think the other possibility is that it's a creature that we no longer have around and we don't have any fossil record of or any written record of. And it was something not... I still don't think it was reptilian. I think it was just a bird regardless. But that, I think, is pretty concrete. Yeah, that's pretty good. I didn't even think about looking real things up. I yeah. just, I didn't even think about this, seg this segment of this episode, honestly, but. Um, we'll put up a picture of this bird because, I mean, I'm like literally looking at it. It's, it's talons are as long as its head. It's. Well, I'm going to explain some of the picture stuff too. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something I think is funny is looking at like specifically that picture of it with the tentacles, which is a drawing. Um, it makes me think of. You know how we do, like, renditions of dinosaurs with just, like, the skeleton? Yeah. It's just, like, you hear a description of something, or, like, just imagine, like, a bird with an octopus in its mouth, and that's what you get out of it, is some monster that actually has tentacles attached to its beak somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just thought it was funny. Thinking about the fact that it could have just been a bird with some kind of fish in its mouth. Yeah. I mean, so, but same thing as always. Let us know what you think it is. Let us know if you have seen something similar. East Coast seen... listeners, please tell us how many times you peed yourself with how many big birds you have over there. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure the biggest thing we have 
are like hawks and shit. We have owls that are pretty big. Yeah, but, but like we, you can usually tell what those are. We also are. have bald eagles, which are and again, you can usually tell what those are. Yeah. They don't but, have creepy long necks and giant talons. No, you can definitely see what they are. I mean, the black vultures are different types of birds. They're pretty fascinating. It kind of like a giant pigeon. That's what I was just thinking. Is In some cases, it looks like a giant <laughs> pigeon. I think they're a lot of fun. Let us know, though. Let us know if you've seen a black vulture. Let me know if you really don't think that that would be the case. Or if you think that this thing is actually real. Because that's honestly cool, too. I mean, the truth is that there's weird creatures out there. And we don't know all of them. So, yeah. Let us know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Give us a review if you haven't yet, or if you've never listened before and you like us, let us know uh, how we're doing. Let us know if you have anything interesting that you want to tell us or that you think we should go over that you see that we haven't. Because there's a lot out there that is fascinating. You can tell us on our Facebook or Twitter. You can find us at What. Um, we also have an email. If you don't have those social media thingies, you can send us your ideas that way. Um, if you're interested, we have a Goodreads account too, just under Conspiracy Say What. And we post all of our books that we have read, or at least are related to the topics. So if you feel like further reading, it's there. You can always do that. And, uh... Also, I want to say, if you're, like, stumbling upon this randomly, because I know things like Spotify sometimes have that, uh, we do have, like, another 40 episodes <laughs> that you can go listen to, so there is more. So if you liked our podcast, there's definitely more content, and there's a whole bunch of weirdness to be had. Uh, yeah. Thanks to everyone who's been listening, because I know we get consistent downloads every month. That's awesome. And I think that's it, right? Stay stitches. I have an alley. I've been Cameron. Remember to stay stitches, always and forever. And again, if you see something weird, throw out a quarter or something before you take, and a, take picture. a picture. Always take a At picture. At least take a picture, Jesus. Good night, morning, evening, day, day, lunch, whenever you are. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>